you're listening to the Sports by Fry podcast. On today's episode, once again, it's Monday, which means I'm sitting down with a great man, J-Lo, discussing everything fantasy footy orientated, everything basketball orientated, and talking nothing about how the Dockers have lost 10 derbies straight. As a Frio fan, clearly that's a little bit of a touchy subject, but there is plenty of good news out there. As an AFL fantasy coach, I'm uh, pretty happy with my team's efforts on the weekend, and even better news, we get three trades a week now for the rest of the season. I'm going to need every single one of them to try and fix my rabble of a team. NBA is only a few days away now as well, so there's plenty of things to be happy about uh, in the sporting world, that's for sure. If you're listening to this on Tuesday morning, I'm editing it late Monday evening, so chances are you're listening on Tuesday. Make sure you check out sportsbyfry.com for the latest piece. Got a couple of other articles in the work for later on in the week, but without further ado, let's dive into today's sit-down with the great man, J-Lo. G'day Sports by Fry fans, thanks for tuning in to another Monday sit-down featuring myself and my lovely co-host J-Lo sitting next to me. Uh, bit of an interesting weekend on the uh, footy front, but uh, thank God we're here to unpack it in a uh, glass half full approach. How are you uh, on Monday evening, J-Lo? Yeah, good. As interesting the weekend was, as interesting as the weekend was, yeah, that was right. Yeah, uh, yeah. It wasn't as interesting as you calling me lovely just now, so... Uh, yeah, so that's it's it's finish finish the weekend on a on a weird high, uh, but I'll take it. I'm so. trying to uh, channel positive thoughts because I'll be honest, myself and 699 fantasy coaches have uh, have a pretty shitty uh, Monday evening watching Seb Ross run around the footy field at Adelaide Oval. Is that where they played? Oh, I could not have. Told I think you. it was in South Australia. We just watched uh, the Crows and Saints game, and uh, unfortunately, yes, I'm a Seb Ross fantasy owner, so it wasn't a, a great evening for myself. Similar deal uh, being in the Brad Hill boat. I think that's what, obviously what most of the sports by fans want to listen to, so let's start with our fantasy footy stuff. Um, I, I'll go first. I managed to top 1,600 just by the skin of my teeth this week. I realised last week we didn't actually tell uh, the fans our scores, which... Oh. It's probably a good thing for me. The fans. Uh, the fans. So 16-12 was what I managed to pump out. I uh, was looking pretty good after Saturday, but then Sunday and obviously Monday things uh, t- trended downwards. I'm sitting just inside the top 12,000 now, which, uh, again, like I said, I'm taking a glass half full approach, so things are okay at the large fries and coke. But how did round seven go for the boys at Quas Blorken? Uh Yeah, well, it was very similar. I got 15-52. Um, nice. It actually pushed. I think that pushed me up to twelve thousand, twelve thousand six hundred eighty ninth. Um, Just a stab in the dark. Yeah, but uh, I can't remember actually where I was sitting at the end of the last. One. I never, I never can. I can never remember where I was if I've gone up or down. Doesn't matter. We're not I was, unless I was in a really good. We're spot. not here to look at the past. We're here to look into the future. Um, before we dive into a little bit of. Oh no, actually, let's do that. What are your? We now know that we're going to get three trades a week. For the rest of the season, there's 10 weeks of, well, week 8, 9, 10, yeah, 10 weeks of footy left uh, in the fantasy season, so we've got 30 trades up our sleeves. Right now, what are you looking at um, pulling the trigger on with regards to trades? Who's your rage trade? Who's got to go this week? Uh, I would say Brad 
appeal, mm. but um, it's a bit like the Angus Brayshaw situation last year, although I didn't expect him to be as good as you thought Brayshaw would be last year, but True. he's kind of lost so much value that I I'm, I think I'll just hold him for now, um, depending. So many trades give so many options, but I'd like to keep a fair chunk in the bank for next week, um, so it might mean waiting on, on Healy and just sort of go on the, the safe Good money-making options. Yeah, nice. As much as I've thrown Seb Ross under the bus to start this podcast, uh, interesting fact, he's now averaging less than Isaac Rankin. So Yeah, well, he started well. So. Has, um, and I think, speaking of, that's a bloke I'm going to try and nab this week. I think I've just got to ride out the Seb Ross train now. He's 558k, averaging under 60, but... You know, there's not a lot I can get to unless I try and go down, make a bit more money, and then use those other two trades to go up. So, Severos is definitely in the firing line, but there's a couple of rookies on the chopping block as well. Stasevich didn't really uh, fire on the weekend. Pitanet is in a similar boat. And I think I'm going to try and turn a bit of my attention to Timmy English in the Ruck department. Mm. He looked pretty good on Friday nights. Uh, like I said, plenty to unpack from a fantasy perspective, and um, I'll be covering all the rookies and all that throughout the week. I'm now sitting 98th in the Sports by Fry League, so okay. trending in the right direction. We went through a little bit last week and we looked at a player, maybe in each line, who we think we have to have, but obviously you've, you and I have both got pretty similar ruck situations, right? You've got Gorn and yep. Pitonet, and I've got Grundy and Pitonet. So after what the big blue dished up against two bad players, Port Adelaide oh, sorry, was, yeah. um, and he's got Goldie coming up this week, do you reckon he might have to get the axe, or do you think you're going to give him one more chance? Uh, it's it's tough to tell. Uh, I, I can't quite pick Pidnet. It's a big jump to English mm. um, and to any word. That's the thing. Run. It's really a big jump because I was looking at Riley O'Brien as well. Um, Goldstein, who I already mentioned. There's a couple of those blokes, but it is a big jump to go mm. from them. They're all north of about 700 grand now. Right. So it's going to cost you over 200k to do it. Uh, may have had a little birdie... Uh, Tease the idea of three trades. So I did a double downgrade last week to make bank. So I've got the money to do a trade to another ruck if mm. I want. But similar situation. I don't really know how to address that. And like you said last week, you're a pretty big fan of what the Pitster dishes up. Yeah, I think he's, a, I think he's good at his ruck, ruck craft. Although going up against Goldie, it's tough to tell. But you, you never know. I, I don't think ruck rucking or rucks in fantasy are necessarily mutually exclusive in their scoring. Um, I think it's pretty pretty common to see two decent rucks mm-hmm. manage to fight their way to a good score with marks, tackles around the contest and things like that. So it's not impossible to see him doing okay against Goldie, especially if, if all he has to do is focus on his footy because he's like, well, Goldie's going to bloody go out, go yeah. off. Yeah, uh, it's it's tricky to see. I'll probably give him another week. I probably I just don't feel like addressing the rucks at the moment. Um, there's a fair bit to do up forward, I think. That way you think you're going to steer your attention for the next couple of trades? Mm, I think the only reason I would say forward over backs is because I just am not sure who to put in up back. I can't. I, I doubt I'll be able to get to Lloydie, and Hooley's mm. I, I, out. And outside of that, there's no one I'm particularly confident in. Brody Smith maybe last week, and then he went. He was just super quiet when, when we watched him today. Yep. Um, Got the tag from Jaron Geary for stints of the game as well, and it was effective, so yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if other teams ran with a similar formula. I'm in a bit of a similar predicament, because last week I could have maybe jumped up from Stasevich, but I think I might have even addressed it here. I was like, oh, who do I go to? I can't get Lloyd. Bash is not playing. I was mm-hmm. looking at Jaden Short, who was all right. I think he got an 80. Actually, he was pretty good. Yeah. 
Um, but once Hooley's back, he kind of is mm. just going to have a you know a low ceiling. Ignally Smith might steal. All might be it. <laughs> might be the uh, fantasy player of the year in that yeah. uh, Richmond backline. But yeah. Tricky situation ahead. Uh, just off the top of your dome, how many rookies do you think you've got left on your field? Uh, Not including Pitster. I think five. Yeah, okay. Because that's about the same spot I'm in. Um, but I think Isaac Rankin's going to be a very tricky one to peg, whether he's going to... I mean, I don't think he's going to keep kicking bags each week, mm. but there was a lot of time... I mean, I sporadically watched that game, but a lot of the bits I did see of him... He was getting touches all over the deck. He mm. didn't just need goals to score. Obviously, boosted his score up a bit. But to be interesting to see um, which rookies are the money makers moving forward. You managed to jump on Sammy Simpson last week. Is that right? Yep, got on him. Um, but interestingly, talking about the rookies, I think defensively as well. If you look up there, it's slim pickings right now. It certainly is for me. I was just having a little poke around before we went on air, um, <laughs> but. I just I was trying to get rid of Young, trying to get rid of Stasevich, and I just was like, who do I go to? Unless someone gets named, I'm really struggling to get Mate, rid of Stasa or Youngy. We should start a podcast together, because I tell you what, that is a perfect segue into Will Day, who I was just going to talk about. The Hawks rookie, scored 72 on the weekend, Fantastic. had a negative nine break even, and he managed to, he looked pretty good on debut as well. He got a 58 against the Pies, mm. so not exactly a scrub of a team to play against. No. I like... What Will Day is dishing up, mm. but I think he hasn't dished up great fantasy numbers as a junior. But he and Sicily in the last couple of weeks are really excelling at that mark, intercept mark, and like mm. obviously transitioning Hawthorne up the ground hasn't really translated to a lot of uh, success on the footy field. But fantasy numbers are fruitful. Has two games in in him, is that right? Yeah, I think yeah. I was I was having a quick look at him, but it only makes me bloody. 50 grand from Starsa. From Starsa. Well, yeah, he's just... now up to 316, is Willie Day. So yeah. that's the tricky one. And that's probably a bit of a similar situation I'm in with Simpson. I can't get him now. Yeah. Didn't want to pull the trigger on him on Thursday because mm-hmm. I had other things to address. And now he's 305k. <laughs> Went up 70 grand. Yeah. He Even was. though he's got a negative 30 break even again. I'm like, oh, he's probably going to go up another 50 or 60. But yeah, if Caleb Sarong's the one in my midfield who I'm looking at flicking. But yeah. I think. Oh, it doesn't cost me money, but I only make about twenty or thirty grand doing so. You do have a big chunk in the bank, though, is that right? I do, yeah. That, so, that probably makes it worth it for you if you've got the three trades. Get and that, that it's seventy grand in the bank. Yeah, is true. What I'm thinking that is the bonus of having three trades, is we can afford to play not necessarily a bit of a long game, but obviously there's a lot of coaches out there. I've been pretty lucky. Actually, no, not lucky. I've been very smart with how I've invested in my rookies on my bench, but there's a lot of people out there that have still got the likes of, like you mentioned, Hayden Young. Brander's still floating in a lot of teams. Connor Butterick would have loved to be chopped out by a lot of people last week. So there's plenty of those dudes in there that you know, are starting to not only top out in value, but they're really uh, not producing due to injury as well. So plenty to talk about fantasy-wise. Uh, no, there's not, actually. We talked about it for 10 minutes. Let's dive into... <laughs> Good transition into a little bit of actual footy on the weekend. Yeah, a little bit of actual footy. The Coasters, is that four on the trot for you boys now? No, nah, it's three on the trot I was looking, but um, it felt feels like four. Solidifies you guys yeah. inside the top eight by half a percent point over yeah. the Bulldogs. Yeah. Um, how are you thinking about West Coast season at the moment? Like I said, sitting eighth, but obviously got a big string of games coming up at Optus. But they got the Pies and Geelong in the next fortnight. Two mm. pretty interesting games. Their Thursday night contest, I didn't get to tune into a lot, but 
I wouldn't be surprised if they both challenged for the top four and if not finished inside it. Mm. You think the Coasters can steal two more Ws or you reckon it's asking for a bit too much given how they started the season? I'll take a split, but I feel okay coming back home. I feel like... Um, West Coast are usually pretty slow to get going, except that year we had like 10 straight to win uh, out of the gate. But other than that, we usually take a while. I think there is a bit of, there has been a bit of flux. Obviously, Jezza, obviously that hub thing was weird to start the season. Now we kind of, I think we said this last week, now we kind of know where it's going. It's less of a, less of a disadvantage, I think, in a, in a strange way. It's still Mm -hmm. a hard thing to do, but it's a little bit more solidified now. So I think West Coast will go all right. Have looked good defensively, is which what I'm really excited about. It's going to be a defensive year. There's not big scores being kicked that no, often. No, you're right, there's not. So if you can grind it out and have a good system, I think it goes a long way. And I think we saw that with um, St Kilda tonight, if mm. anyone was tuning in. Nick Rewalt highlighted how well they they were applying pressure at the contest, particularly through the midfield. And I think that's what West Coast and Richmond obviously does. Uh, I think the Magpies have sort of built into that in their own weird way. Um, so I think the big teams are starting to get rolling, minus the Giants. So. Yeah, well, all of a sudden, the Tigers, now speaking of, have rolled up to fourth, and the Giants are sitting in 13th. Grand final rematch this weekend. Those two yeah. will clash, pretty sure, on Friday night, yeah. actually. Um, we're going to transition into a little bit of basketball stuff after this, but got a tip for that one on the weekend. Do you reckon the Giants can find their mojo? Because I heard something today... And it's pretty interesting. There was a few things that Cornelio was saying, but Brett Delidio came out mm, and that. said that yeah, a lot of them are playing as individuals rather than a team. And the more I thought about it and actually went back and had a bit of a gander through Great some of the highlights. Great fantasy scores. Very true, yeah. Shout out to Lockie Whitfield and Cornelio who uh, did well on the weekend. But do you reckon the Giants... It's at Giants Stadium. It is. Oh, I was going to ask. Yeah. yeah, at Giants Stadium on Friday night. So big stage, big opportunity for GWS. And I think... I mean, it's only halfway through the season. I don't want to say if they lose it, it's a line in the sand. I mean, that would put them at three and five. They're, so they're generally still... hard finishes, I yeah. find. Yeah, I, I don't know what it is about them. I think probably they start every season out as this individual <laughs> unit and come together by the end and they sort of start to get rolling. Jezza Cameron's still kicking goals, but you're right. It's, it's going to be tough. I think I think Richmond rolls them. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Richmond... Kept sending a bit of a message and gave a bit, not a bit of a pantsing, but you know, a 30 point loss. Given you know, look at the coasters on the weekend, it was 60 to 30 in the derby. Yeah. And you know, when you, you double a team score, even though it's low scoring, it's still pretty damning. So, I wouldn't be surprised if the Tigers dish something similar up. And, like I say, with the Tigers, and, and we were just saying earlier about West Coast, the Pies, those great teams, they have excellent systems in place and you can so so see that with mm. the Tigers more than anyone else you take out Basha Hooley who do you put in they play well Egmally Smith like no one would be able to know who that like is exactly and you know they've just lost haven't they just lost Caddy someone else steps up yep. it's just they're unbelievable at what they do and I, their brand of footy is definitely going to get them over the line at, at Giant Stadium Speaking of impressive brands of footy the Coasters uh, talked up their 10th straight derby win before we came on air, uh, time for your useless sports by fry stat. I found this little nugget. The Dockers are only 1-15 without Matthew Pavlich in Western Derbies. And that one win came before Pav even played for the Dockers back in 99 in their first Derby win. Jeez. So since Pav's been drafted, the Dockers haven't won a Derby without him, which is pretty alarming considering we've been around for, what, 25 years? 94? 
Yeah, I mean, it's... 26? Yeah. math? Yeah. Yeah, I, I struggle with the Dockers. I, I get them really bloody... Confused. Mate, how do you think all of you? <laughs> no, as to when they came into the bloody oh, league. Sorry. It gets through. I was really young, mate. Oh, you, could, you could use that statement, I struggle with the Dockers, and just sticky tape that yeah, across. Well, the Dockers struggle with the Dockers, mate. Yeah. Fremantle definitely struggles with the Dockers. You want to talk about basketball? Yeah. Me too! <laughs> so the NBA is uh, pretty much in a couple of days, I think, the exhibition games are kicking off. I'm... I think Wednesday. Yeah, the time. Nuggets, sounds about right. The Nuggets put up like a twelve days until till games are back. You kind of thing. Thank so, God, yeah. thanking for basketball. They yeah. also announced that the NBA awards are only going to be counted from the part of the season that's already been played. Makes a lot of sense, Fair. right? Yeah, I wouldn't have wanted to see Giannis lose the MVP because LeBron averaged thirty in this mm. Orlando bubble or something. You know what I mean? But yeah. sticking with that, do you think that? It's Giannis' MVP, yeah. clear cut? Oh. Yeah, pretty much. I, I, LeBron probably... I think LeBron might have got there, but yeah. I, I, I could, because people get sick of voting the same guy. Every yeah. Year. Not that it's, it's only two years in a row, but I think they would have just gone the story, LA, the Kobe factor. I think it would have gone to LeBron in the end, which I would have been fine with um, because I think they're both having great seasons, but Giannis for sure. Yeah. I tend to agree. I think we could we did on a previous episode address a lot of our award picks that went through all the races. So you can go back. We won't bore you with another big deep dive on that. But um, there's a couple of ones that I think are still not up in the air, but it's still really up for debate. Coach of the Year is an interesting one. Oh, Sixth Man of the Year. I didn't even think about Coach of yeah, the Year. Yeah. I co- can't even remember. Oh, yeah. It's a little bit <laughs> like that, hey. That's, yeah. You but know, I, I, I was just thinking about this the other day, going back to Giannis with the MVP thing. Mm. If he wins Defensive Player of the Year too, yes. and wins the title, and wins the Finals MVP, I don't think anyone's ever done that. You would have to check that Pretty out. Pretty sure Hakeem's done it. Oh, yeah, maybe. And okay. I... I don't think Jordan... He's only got one defensive player. And I don't and think, think that was early, that was wasn't early. it? Yeah, yeah. so I, I think it would be... What, what I'm saying is it would be a historic, all-time great season, especially with the averages of like 30, 13... Six five, and a half, five and, know, and a half, Whatever, yeah. and like just ridiculous defensive stats on a great clip. I just think if he pulled that off... It's it will, it's it's cool to see that sort of greatness, and it'd be cool that we get to see it. I think that would be pretty cool. Here we go. Hakeem did pull off the NBA chip, NBA Finals no, MVP, and Defensive Player of the Year back in nineteen ninety. Oh no, but MVP. Yeah, got MVP. Okay, sorry. got Finals MVP and defensive. The and defensive. Okay, got so it. yeah, all right. There's a clean slate from Hakeem, but yeah, I hazard a guess as to say he's the only bloke. It's a bit of an asterisk one. Michael wasn't there. <laughs> Oh, there you go. Yeah. This one's coming in at yeah. asterisks as well. So fancy, oh, yeah. fancy uh, you know, those two blokes lining up historically like that. Um, I did would, uh, that would be a great one-on-one matchup, actually. That would be. Both seven foot. That would be fun to watch. Hakeem probably have a bit more fancier footwork, but Yana's probably better off the dribble. That would be oh, very man. interesting. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, yeah. make that happen. Yeah. Like, jump in a time machine. Let's get Hakeem back 2K. to like 25, 26 years old. Someone get on 2K and do that, yo. Yeah, please do. And tag us in it. Yeah. Um, Sticking with the NBA, they also announced that the first exhibition game, so they're going to play three of those like warm-ups. First one's going to be time-restricted, so they're shortening it to 10-minute quarters. I don't hate... They're only doing it for the first one. Is well, a huge difference. I don't think so, but there's a lot of people saying that they wanted them to shorten it like for all the exhibition games and potentially even for the warm-up games. Like so the eight before? Yeah, yeah, before the playoffs do yep. start. Yep. But I think, you know... 
you've got to try and keep some sense of normalcy, right? Yeah, you can't... There's no way you can start the season with a certain time and change it. That's what they're talking about in the AFL, right? Mm. You can't change it from 16 to 20 because we started, we started with it. We have to stick with it. And I, I, I sort of agree with that. I, although, as long as the conditions are applied to everyone in a weird way, I mm. feel like that there is a bit of parity. But it's probably not fair to the eight teams who missed out in, in its own weird way. Like, I, I just think there's too many... Too many, like, question marks yeah. to do it. You so. don't want to try and overhaul everything once you do restart it. I don't hate the idea of the exhibition games being no. shorter. But I mean, Look, we're NBL fans over here. We know what 10-minute quarters feel like. They're not that bad. Still just as exciting. Still basketball. Yeah. But, you know yeah, I'm... you're right. Good way to sort of ease them into it. Jokic is coming off bloody corona. So, Ugh. apparently, like, I've, I've heard this. I haven't seen one. But, like, the vision of a lung with coronavirus and without it is just, like... Oh my lord! Like, no wonder that stuff will kill you. Like, well, there's a lot of it's devastating. There's still a lot of people like I don't think it's been confirmed if a lot of these NBA players are staying out of the bubble because they have corona or if they're just at higher risk of getting it or whatever the situations mm-hmm. might be. But a, part of the reason that they're saying they're going to shorten the exhibition games is a lot of teams are saying they don't have their full group yet, right. so they want to kind of get minutes into of all sorts of dudes. Um, quick tangent because you did uh, mention the NBL. Do you see that uh, the Perth Wildcats signed Todd Blanchfield today? Yeah, that's all the NBA news we've got for you today. <laughs> NBL yeah. news. Thanks for uh, tuning in. Back to the basketball though. You mentioned that Nikola uh, to the NBA. Nikola Jokic. Yeah. Obviously, you're a big Denver Nuggets fan. Going to tie. Try and dive into a couple of questions in a minute. But Gary Harris and Tory Craig will be back with the Nugs by Sunday. What are your chances of winning the title if you had to put a percentage number on it and i'll give you some time to think because it is a pretty tricky question but we talked about how teams naturally tend to you know make the playoffs and then they'll get eliminated the next season they'll win a series then they'll go out then maybe they'll go a bit deeper and then they'll go out Mm. but the nuggets kind of skipped a step they didn't make the playoffs in 2018, they lost that last regular season Should've game to Minnesota. Should have, yeah. That OT, uh, pretty wicked game. Yeah, it was. Yeah. But then last year, they obviously took it right to Portland, mm. who kind of... Well, Again, should have won that. They, <laughs> really? oh, they ended up, I'm pretty sure they got swept by the Warriors in the West. But regardless, the Nuggies were right there and were within striking distance of... Because what happened in that? Was that game four, four or five? Four, four OT? Yeah. yeah, that was unreal. That was so, unreal. And anytime someone suits that, I'm pretty sure from that game, Nick Yoke set the playoff record for the most minutes played. Like, yeah, actually, that sounds familiar. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Just stupid circumstances. But now you've got obviously kept most of that group together, didn't go over a lot of turnover. Everyone's seemingly healthy. MPJ's in. MPJ's starting to find his mojo. So if you had to throw a number at the dartboard, what percentage chance would you give the Nuggets of winning the title this uh, year? Oh, look, I, I, I initially wanted to say 5%. And okay. then I was like, uh, I'm going to go 10%. Okay. Yeah, just I like because it. I feel like if you're in the top team, 10 teams right now, you've got a bit of a... Okay, so maybe 7, actually. They're probably the top, top I'd say, half a dozen. It's not top 5. Yeah, maybe. so if you're in that space, if you're in the top couple of teams in your conference... With this weird year, Russell Westbrook might not be there for a while because he's mm. got frigging corona. Like, there's players that will just get corona. Yeah, it's going to happen. Throughout this, it's going to happen. So if, it, 
if it's LeBron or if it's Yarn, like God forbid, I wouldn't wish that on anyone. So the Nuggets could win a chip. But, yeah. Um, maybe ten percent. I think you know, just because it's such a weird year, and I feel like just like the AFL, and we can really see it. Although it's starting to sort of take shape. Yeah. The NBA right now is going to be like the AFL was straight out the gate, just wild. All sorts of stuff going over. Gold Coast was third only a couple of weeks ago. Remember that? They're still playing like it's, and we're just like, oh, what are you? And we've or even been through it in local footy. Like we don't know. We never knew how players were going to come out, how other teams were coming out. There was lots of question marks, and yeah, I feel like AFL teams certainly would just fit up. Yeah, five or six of them would just fit up, and they won a few games even though they shouldn't. Gold Coast, St Kilda, or someone, mm-hmm. and now, and I think the NBA is going to be like that. Um, it, but it's tough to tell; it really is. Yeah, and harping on with that, if there's, we're going to dive into some of these questions in a second. But I feel like a lot of those top tier teams, obviously, in the playoffs when it's a best of seven series, it's a lot tougher to try and you know to get a first round upset. But mm. What a, I wouldn't be surprised if maybe not the Bucks and the Lakers, and pr- I'd probably just put the Clippers in there as yeah, well. But I think everyone would. I wouldn't be surprised if oh, I'm drawing, clutching at straws, trying to think who the Boston. seven seed is. Oh, sorry. In um, the North East, East, but I was thinking of Boston. Or six or you know, for mm. six or seven matchup against the two or three seed, mm. wouldn't be surprised if we saw one of them knock them off. Especially the Pacers are starting to get their mojo. True. There's rumours that. Vic is coming back after originally saying he wasn't going to be mm. taking part. So, yeah. I don't know. A lot of uncertainty and a lot of uh, circumstances that are going to change between now and when we do get to the playoffs. But thank God we're going to, hopefully, in a couple of days, have the start of basketball back. You just have to finish it. You just need some closure. If this just stayed open and it never got finished, everyone it just would have been too weird. You have to finish it off. I'm glad they figured out a way to get it done, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully, like you said, we don't wish it on uh, anyone no. to, to see the Nuggets succeed. Obviously, Cleveland Cavaliers aren't exactly in the uh, championship <laughs> picture anymore. So, there's one team that is, though, the Lakers. They're primed for a run at the title. First question I'm going to hit you with is, who do you think will be their first round opponent? At the moment, the Grizzlies hold the eight yeah. seed. Last week, you said you got belief in the Pels yeah, big time. shooting up. The Blazers obviously have... Damian Lillard, he can do anything on the court. He's got a, got his work cut out for him to try and drag the Blazers up. But out of those three squads, who do you reckon will play the Lakers in the first round? And do you reckon they stand any chance? So just quickly remind me, can the seventh fall? I don't think so, okay, no. I so think there's enough of a the gap eight. between... I'll check it now, but I'm 99% sure there's enough of a gap between seven and eight that it doesn't matter. Like there's no way the Blazers and the Pels could make it? That's Probably not. Not, yeah. not if the Grizz... Hold seven, uh, hold eight. Uh, sorry, hang on, let me get you down. Yeah, well, no, obviously, if the Grizz hold, hold eight, they can't. But I'm saying they would both have to jump the Grizz. Yeah, so there's a seven game gap between Dallas, who's the seventh seed, and oh, Memphis, okay. So. All right, okay, so yeah, I, I'll definitely go the Pels. I would say, well, you know what? I, it's not impossible. I mean, I think that's what the league would want. Yeah, well, we've, we've just talked about how open it could be and how oh, upset mate. alert could happen. You imagine, know? imagine the Pels would be the hard ones to stop. Oh, and we it, seriously, like Brandon Ingram is is a dynamic scorer going against his old squad. Lonzo, gr- like an elite passer and great defender, not a great shooter. But Love Lonzo. Yeah, hey, shots are up. <laughs> anyway, but I just I think they could really do it, take it to those that squad. Sorry, um, especially with a bit of the depth, like Josh Hart's on that squad, JJ Reddick's on that squad. They've just got some interesting talent, like Jar, free Jar baby. Yeah. I like Derek Favors. He just no, he's just a pro. 
Um, I mean, I don't love him. He's okay. <laughs> but I just think <laughs> now, the Pels with Zion doing potentially... Can I swear on this podcast? Absolutely. Shit mate. that we've never seen Woo! before. Woo! I just think it, it's possible. I don't think it's going to happen, but I, it's... I, I hope it does. Yeah, I... so much fun. I've, I've read a lot of shit about how there's going to be uh, not an uproar if um, the Pelicans don't make the playoffs, but how the league is just like that will lose putting a lot of money. all these things in place to be like, let's get Zion versus LeBron. Because I think the Lakers are pretty locked into the one seed. I mean, they've got a five and a half game lead over the Clippers. Yeah, it's us us and the Clippers and you know people behind us vying mm. for the second. Yeah, yeah that'll be uh, interesting for sure. What do you think about it? Oh, I honestly think the Grizz are going to hold off yep. the Pels, yep. um, and I think it'd be like a four-one victory to the Lakers. I oh, do, yeah. I do like the Grizz, and I'm a massive fan of Ja Morant. Uh, massive fan of what they're building as well, like yeah, trading for time. Justice Winslow. Mm. Super smart. They re-signed Dylan Brooks, which everyone kind of forgets. Yeah. He's no scrub. He's the He's the weak link in Brandon Clark as well. Yeah. He was he was the guy who I wanted the Cavs to take a late flyer on in the first Big round. Fan. Yeah, so there's a lot to like about Memphis and they're definitely trending in the right direction. Jonas Valanciunas is pretty Brandon, underrated. Triple J, don't they? Yep, Triple J. I had a skim over him, yeah. yeah. He and Jar are going to be pretty dangerous in the future, I reckon. So, mm. But I, again, I feel like we talked about the Nuggets, you know, you've got to kind of take your lumps a bit early and yeah. this... I wouldn't be surprised if the Grizz, again, like, missed next year because there's a lot of good teams out West, but they're set up well for the future. For Jar to get uh, any sort of playoff experience in his rookie year is unreal. So Jar and Jaren, and just a, a club that's kind of struggled for a while, it'd be good for them to see a bit of success. So, yeah, uh, I kind of, as much as I'm, I'm hoping that New Orleans matchup happens, if it's Jar, if it's Dame... It's still going to be a, a cracking, yeah. cracking uh, matchup that Lakers versus the eight seeds. It's going to be so interesting. Yeah, I'm pretty excited. Can't wait for the uh, playoffs to get here. Let's dive into some of this Q and A. I put the uh, put the call out to the sports by fans to give us a couple of interesting questions. Yeah, the, sports the majority of them are uh, AFL fantasy orientated. Funnily enough, what but Craig hits us up first and asks if he thinks that Laddams, the Port Adelaide bloke. Is a genuine option for Pitonet. We kind of danced it a little bit around Pitonet, but he also proposes instead of Laddams, should he go Timmy English? So that I didn't give Timmy English a lot of uh, daylight earlier because I knew this question was coming yeah. up. You and I are massive Tim English fans, and I think given what he's dished, I think from memory, he's the second highest ruck average wise in the last three weeks. And he scored a hundred, scored a ninety something, backed and it up with one. an eighty not that long ago. Yeah. So he's done it over like a month now. So do you give uh, English the green light as a trade in for Pitonet? Or do you reckon it might even be worth taking a punt on this Laddams bloke? Yeah, I'll be honest, I'm I'm not huge on bringing guys who I think at those two ruck spots, unless you're getting the one of Grundy or Gorn you don't have, if you don't have them. Yeah, uh, obviously Craig you don't. Uh, I'd be I'd be holding. So I'd either hold Pit and go somewhere else, or, or try Laddams if he's going to make some money. You got to make money somewhere. Like you'd make thirty grand by trading Pitonet to Laddams. Yeah, plus Laddams will probably go. He's probably got a super low break even. So any either way, I'd I would go. It's a tough one. It is it's, a tricky one. There's no right answer to that one. Sorry, Craig, but I would probably hold or go to Laddams. Thanks for listening to the uh, question, Tom. There's no right answers here on the Sports yeah, Podcast. No, I'm, uh, I'm flipping. I rec- totally think you should trade in Tim English. Maybe mm. it's just because uh, it's probably what I'm going to do this week. But I think, like we've said, you can throw a bit of a blanket over 
you know, you got Grundy and Gorn right at the top. Yeah. I don't think anyone, like, I don't have Gorn. I went to look at getting him in this week. I was like, oh, nah, he's 960 yeah. grand yeah. or something. So for 250k cheaper, if Timmy English is the best you can get, then I reckon he could almost classify as like a an upgrade to lead for the rest of the season. Would you go English over some of the other guys in that area? Well, the other one, like I mentioned earlier, Riley O'Brien piques my interest a bit, but he's about 60 grand or more than Timmy English. And every dollar counts True in enough. his fantasy game. Yeah. So yeah. I'd probably just side with English in the extra dough, but... Sure. I would trust Riley O'Brien a bit more. I would feel a bit safer having him in your side opposed to Timmy English. Yeah, but funnily, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's, Tim English just disappears every now and then. You'd hate to see him just disappear the first, straight after you grab him or something. Oh, yeah. So. Well, when I trade him in, he uh, flops. Yeah. So Everyone on Twitter will know about it. There's some advice, Craig. If, if Fry gets him this week, give it one more week. Yeah, totally agree. This is coming from a bloke who traded out Hugh Greenwood and then has gone on to three consecutive tons. And so. do only listen to Jake. Do not listen to me. I've Next, just, I've just lived with you long enough, mate, that I'm like, oh no, mate. I've heard, I've heard all the horror stories. Yeah, give it, a, give it a week, Craig. It's a great endorsement for the uh, Sports by Fry yeah, podcast. <laughs> uh, shout out to Anthony who hit us up with another question, similar, but he's uh, looking at trying to sell the farm for Gorn. His other move he's looking at is maybe moving Ainsworth along and getting his hand on Lockie Whitfield. He messaged me earlier and he asked another. Just basically cut and dry. Who's more must-have? Maxi Gorn or Lockie Whitfield? Ooh, that's tough. Uh, Lockie Whitfield at his price. I think so, too. Yeah, he's dead yeah. cheap right now. He's, I, that's why I got him last week, uh, and he's playing well. Yeah. That, that price is going up now, and it will, because yeah. he's, he's, he, he's in the air of Trelaw, Grundy, McRae. He's an elite fantasy scorer. We've known it. He's like right in the prime of his career. Like, you've got to get him. He's just everywhere. You watch them play, and you're like, oh, he's, he's on the screen. Oh, he's on the screen. It's up the back line. It's up the forward line. It's on, an up, it's on one wing. Flips out to the other. I don't know how he does it. He's just such an elite runner. He is elite. That's and the he's, word I was going to yeah, use. Yeah, and he's, he's elite at just breaking to space, getting an easy six, you know, and then probably rebounding, getting a handball back and making it a nine, you know what I yeah. mean? So I would definitely go at Whitfield. But look, I mean, gone is gone. He's gone unreal. So the only thing I'll add to that is uh, when Lockie Whitfield was at twenty six at halftime last week, <laughs> not the weekend just gone, but the one previous, I was getting really annoyed. Mentioned something to you, and you said, "Mate, it's Lockie Whitfield. He'll be fine." Sure enough, went out and scored eighty two fantasy points in the second half alone. Exactly. There's not many dudes that can score in as quick like bursts. There's some blokes out there. Tom Mitchell. I, would, I don't know if he's. I'd, I'd vote Whitfield. You're right. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if he, Tommy Mitchell's lost a bit of a step since last year, or if he's still just kind of coming into it. Grundy's another one that can kind of like tackle, then handball, then mark, True. then kick. Uh, but there's just not many of them. Eh? Whitfield's right up there as one of the real fantasy elites, I think. And I think with uh, Whitfield as well, he's the bloke on the Giants you kind of trust the most at the moment. Cogs is inconsistent. Kelly kind of always has been. Toby's in and out of the bloody team. You know, it's. I think Whitfield's the bloke on this elite fantasy scoring team who is the most reliable, even though he's had a weird start to the year, I think yeah. he's the man. Yep, totally agree. Um, Campbell clapped a question towards us asking about Isaac Rankin. So he asked, and I 
Sorry to tell you this, Campbell. Gambo. I don't like these questions where they ask, oh, what's this player going to average from here on out? Mm, I, it's, I'm just throwing a dart at a board if I'm trying to guess. Yeah. I don't think he'll keep averaging the 68 or whatever he's averaging now, but he's gone 65, 70-odd in his first two games. Do you reckon he's worth trading into your side and playing on your field? Or do you think it's a bit too risky to keep him on your deck and you trust some of those other rookie forward guys? I mean, it really depends on how your team's structured. For me, it wouldn't quite work right now Mm -hmm. um, because I've just loaded up forward and the the rookies that I have, who I could not reel off to you, sorry guys, but but if it works for you, go for it. I reckon, in my mind, here you go, Cambo, uh, I reckon it's probably, he's probably a 55 point Per game scorer. Okay. That's why I yeah, not bad. He's probably going to sit. He's he's going to drop down about fifteen to twenty points. Because mm. there'll be um, games where he, you know, he might kick zero goals one or zero goals two. Like he won't have, you know, I think he's kicked three and two. Mm. So that's technically added thirty points to his total fantasy score for yeah, two weeks. True so that. there you go, fifteen point drop. I reckon you'll. Yeah, I think he's back. The disposals and stuff that he's getting, mm-hmm. rough, roughly, dep- that depends a bit on how the co- Gold Coast are going. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think 55, I, I'd feel fine putting him on my field if it worked. I probably would put him on the field with the blokes I'm bloody playing. Yeah, but. that's. I think that's probably what I'm going to do this week because I'm in a similar boat when it comes to grabbing Rankin. I'm like, if I get him, I've got to field him. I've got to mm. get fancy and do some toggling and play another rookie in my forward line, which isn't the end of the world, but... I think if you're going to invest in Rankin now, if you haven't got him already, you have to do it. Chuck now. him on your deck because put him on your bench with considering he's worth 260k, you know, it's probably not worth it. So, Campbell, there's your answer. Grab Rankin and happily field him. Um, Craig snuck in a second question. Classic, hey. classic Craig. Uh, should I trade Starsevic to Will Day, Egmalee Smith, or is he thinking of another mid pricer? The one he suggested is Liam Duggan. Um, I'll oh, save you. Quick amount of time. I did the research of blokes in that price range, and there's not many worth mentioning. So, do you reckon you can roll the dice with Egmore Smith after one good game, or is that just way too risky? Uh, what's his break even? Any idea? I will get it up. He scored 93 this week. Did the egg? But so the first game, I think, because he's averaging about 60 odd, he dropped a 30. So yeah. his break even right now is one. Mm. But yeah, he went 38, followed by 93. He's not super cheap, is he? He isn't. As a defender, I know why there's some appeal, but he's 370 grand. So yeah. from Starsevich to him, that saves you off the dome. Actually, that might even cost it's you about money now. Flat. Yeah. yeah, and then down to Will Day, as we mentioned, he's about 316, I think I said earlier in the pod. Let me yeah. just check my map. So I think my my opinion on that is is go is chase the money yeah. um, and, and go for a Will Day or, or whatever's going to make you a good amount of money. I, I don't think those rookies, they're all interchangeable for me. Like it's I don't see, unless it's bloody Rowley or mm. someone like that, it's just a, it's about a 30 to 40 to 50. Like, you're lucky if you get a 70. Um, there's no Shout way you Curtis should Taylor. be... Yeah, good on you, Curtis. There's no way you should be mucking around with those mid-price guys unless it's just like... Unless you need to make a big move and you're like, I need a Lipinski mm. or something like that, like last a year. A Tommy Day. Yeah, well, yeah, that's worked for me. But, you know what I mean? Unless you're going to find one of those guys, Duggan's definitely not your guy. You know yeah. I and mean? so I, I would go... I would go to Will Day or, yeah. or somewhere else. I somewhere think else. if you're going to chop a rookie off your field, you get to someone who you're happy leaving there, yeah. or you go down to another rookie who's going to keep making you some serious bank. That's exactly it. If, you, if you're tra- trading someone, unless it's like an injury 
lateral. Yeah, that's it different, has obviously. to be. I'm I'm leaving this guy there now. Like it, that's how you should be thinking. And yeah, right, that's that's how I think. Yeah, anyway. I tend to agree. Really how to think, but yeah. Lucky we've got. Uh, like I said, three trades each week for the rest of the season. So and that makes that's gonna, such a difference. That's going to be very helpful. But the last thing you'd want to do is be stuck with Duggan for the rest of the season. Oh, mate. And it, yeah, and there's horror stories. So. He might be listening, though, so shout out Liam Duggan. Well, look, it's, you never know. Like He's sort of right in that age. He's about that 24-5 slot that we love. Yeah, but, that's yeah, true. I, mean, I think it's a bit too much of a dice roll, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah I agree. All righty. Last question. And this, uh, I've been... Try not to lose it uh, coming on this one. Oh, yeah. If you could play catch with any player, past or present, who would that be? Holy moly. And uh, I got this one via Instagram. Full disclosure, got a public Instagram. And there's about seven other things here with high sports by Fry. Follow me now, sports by Fry. Oh, Love who sports by Fry. So this might be a genuine question from uh, Jose Mota, but I don't think it is. So... Who, you, who would be your uh, number one bloke to play catch with? Ash Sampy. You reckon? That's a pretty good He's one. He's my favourite player of all time, so he'd, he'd be up there. Let's anyway. say, alright, let's substitute playing catch. Just have a kick of the footy. Just stand yeah, like okay. 20 metres away and kick the footy with Ash Sampy. I was thinking, I was like, who would be like really good at throwing a footy? Eh? <laughs> throwing a ball? Like, you don't want to be playing. Anyway, so I'm clearly going to sit down the baseball route, but. Uh, I don't know, yeah, Sampy. Yeah. Sampy's a pretty good one. Footy players, obviously. I think I'd. Oh, part of me would have to pick Pendlebury as my favourite player, but mm. there's something about Matthew Pavlich, uh, as I've clearly highlighted on this episode, how important he is to Frio fans. Yeah. I would just fang for a five-minute yarn and kick with Pavlich. You probably want to go with someone older. I don't mm. know. You know, like Lee Matthews or something. Yeah. I, I don't know. There's there's a million right answers to that, but I'm choosing Ash Sam. Yeah, you can't go wrong with that one. All right, I think uh, that's all we got. I want to quickly give a uh, birthday shout-out to David Mundy, who uh, became the 44th player to kick a goal after the siren and win the game back in 2017. Robbie Gray's uh, weekend performance has dug that little nugget out hey. for the Sports by fans. And to Benny Simmons, turns 24 today. Oh. Put up the Twitter poll. Do you reckon Ben Simmons will ever win a chip in Philly? In a word, yes or no? Oh. Uh, yeah, I'll say yeah. I said no. But, I'll, uh, I'll say yeah. That's tricky. So, tricky. Oh, there's so many moving parts. Yeah. But yes, absolutely. I'll say yes. I think he's a he's a generational talent. That's for sure. Shout out Ben Simmons. Shout out to the Sportsby fans. Thanks for Shout tuning in. Craig. Shout Campbell, out to Craig. Jose. And uh, Ant. Uh, there's a couple of other cats out Good there. Good on you guys. If you've uh, got a question for us, like I said, we're going to be doing this each weekend. So I'll throw out the... Uh, the shout out to all the Sports by fans, but you can hit us up. You can find me on Twitter at Sports by Fry and on Insta, Facebook, The Works. You can find JLo at Don't. Yeah, good job. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Till next time, chip you winning. Chip you winning.